ಓಂ ಜ್ಞಾನಚಿಮಿರಂಧಸ್ಯಾನಂಜನಶಲಾಕಾಯ ಶರಣಾಗತಿ The surrendering process is considered in six divisions. <coughs> Surrender means, first of all, to do everything that is favorable for Krishna's service and to give up everything that is unfavorable for Krishna's service. These two injunctions, they can guide all our actions, thoughts and deeds. Actions, thoughts and words. We should always consider if what I'm doing is going to help me advance in devotional service or not. There are so many rules and regulations of spiritual life. So these are not arbitrary, that we just thought we'd make some rules just to torture everybody. But all these rules are to help us advance in Krishna consciousness. By bringing out our Krishna consciousness, by developing our dormant Krishna consciousness, and protecting us from the illusory energy called Maya. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has said, Nitta Siddha Krishna Prem Shadda Kabunoi Shravanadi Shuddha Chite Koriye Udoi The Krishna consciousness is natural. It's there in everyone's heart. But it has to be reawakened by the process of hearing and chanting about Krishna. So we find that all the rules and regulations of devotional service, they're based upon hearing and chanting about Krishna. Then hearing and chanting about Krishna, as we go on and on, that awakens our feelings for Krishna. Hare Krishna Maha Mantra Eto Shabhav Jai Jape Tare Krishna Upajai Bhav is the nature of the Hare Krishna Maha Mantra. that anyone who chants it, their feelings for Krishna automatically arise. So there are so many rules and regulations are there. Chant Hare Krishna Maha Mantra on beads. Chant in Kirtan also. Hear Srimad Bhagavatam from devotees. So all this hearing and chanting puts us in the Krishna conscious atmosphere. Then, then our dormant Krishna conscious, which is in our hearts, that becomes awakened. As the, that uh, famous quote from Srila Prabhupada, that Krishna consciousness is not an artificial imposition on the mind. It's natural, just like for a child to walk and talk, it's natural. That ability is there when he's born, but it has to be brought out in due course of time. So Krishna consciousness is the process that brings out our natural Krishna consciousness. And as well as the rules, do this, here and chant about Krishna, there are also negative injunctions. Just like, don't eat meat, don't associate with non-devotees, don't talk nonsense. Because these... activities will pollute our consciousness. That progress we're making, trying to come out of the material energy and come to our natural position of Krishna consciousness, that will be impeded. So there are so many rules, do's and do nots. And they all have a purpose to help us become Krishna conscious. We may not understand the reason for the rules, but every rule has its purpose. Just like we may think, well, why rise very early in the morning by four o'clock? Why not rise by eight o'clock and chant Hare Krishna then? It seems to be quite a reasonable proposition. And in the beginning, even, we may not ask someone to rise early in the morning. We may just ask them to chant Hare Krishna. But as they become more serious, we gradually introduce all these rules and regulations. When they begin to chant, they feel a taste. For, gradually, by chanting, a taste for Krishna consciousness arises. So as that taste develops, naturally people inquire, well, 
how do I accelerate this process of becoming Krishna conscious? If we tell them in the, in the first thing we meet people, they say, well, what do I have to do? The first thing is you have to rise by two o'clock in the morning. Then uh, they may not be very interested. But if we tell them, just chant Hare Krishna, then automatically by themselves, after some time, they'll inquire, how can I make more advancement? So Rupa Goswami has advised that we should somehow rather bring people to Krishna consciousness. Yena tena prakarena mana Somehow they bring people to Krishna consciousness. The rules and regulations, they can be introduced later. So why rise early in the morning? Because that time is more conducive to spiritual practices. The atmosphere then at that time is more, very strongly in the mode of goodness. So uh, it becomes much easier to chant clearly to concentrate our mind on the chanting. And there are physical reasons also. It's actually not very healthy to sleep after sunrise. It's very, it upsets this subtle uh, psychic substance of the body, Psy- subtle psychic setup of the body. So all these rules, just like we have to take bath regularly. So you may think, why? That's all there are so many reasons. It's for hygienic reasons. It also helps to keep the consciousness very fresh if we regularly take shower. So all these rules and regulations have a reason. And the underlying reason for all of them is to help us advance in Krishna consciousness. So a devotee who is interested in surrendering to Krishna does everything favorable for becoming Krishna conscious and rejects everything unfavorable. That is his basic attitude. Sometimes sometimes it requires some intelligence to understand exactly what to do. Just like Arjuna, at the beginning, before Bhagavad Gita was spoken, he was perplexed what to do. Arjuna thought that Fighting doesn't seem to be very good in this situation. He wasn't afraid of fighting. He was born to fight. He had engaged in so many fights. He was famous as a great warrior. He was a fighter for the cause of dharma, fighting to uphold the principles of religion. But on this occasion, he thought that fighting was not very good because uh, so many of his family members and respected elders would be certain to be killed. So Krishna explained to him that actually, yes, you should fight. So in this situation, uh, for Arjuna to fight, that would be his surrender to Krishna. As Krishna explains here in the Bhagavad Gita, that every endeavor is covered with some kind of fault. Whatever you do, there's always some kind of reaction that may not be very favorable. So we have to see, what does Krishna want? Sometimes it can be quite complex to understand. Therefore, we have the spiritual master as the representative of Krishna to explain to us exactly what to do. So, anukulyasya sankalpa. Sankalpa means firm vow, fixed decision, that whatever is favorable for my advancement in Krishna consciousness, I must do. And pratikulyasya varjanam, that which is going to impede my advancement, give it up. Then, what is the faith of the devotee in Krishna? What is his attitude in devotional service? Following the rules and regulations is very nice, but how do we actually consider Krishna? We're surrendering to Krishna, not simply to a set of rules and regulations. So, how do we perceive Krishna? Krishna is a person. What is our relationship with him? That he is the master, we are the servant. This is the meaning of surrender, to accept Krishna. Krishna Nanath, to accept Krishna as the lord of our lives. The next it is said, Rakshishyatiti Vishvaso, to have firm faith that Krishna will protect me. If I sincerely endeavor to serve Krishna according to the system given by the Acharyas, then surely Krishna will protect me. Krishna will help me. Krishna will look after me. That is the attitude of a devotee. That let me try to serve Krishna to the best of my ability. 
and surely Krishna will help me. Surely Krishna will protect me. That Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was singing, uh, Krishna, 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 Rakshama, Krishna, 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 Pahima. My Lord Krishna, please protect me and please maintain me. That is in the next line, Guptrit Vevaranang Tata. Accepting that Krishna is maintaining me. I don't have to go to anyone else. Krishna says, Maam Ekam Sharanam Raja, surrender to me only, not to any demigod. Firm faith that Krishna alone will protect me. So this also, in the uh, system of devotional service, we should have faith that whatever has been given to us by our acharyas, that in itself is complete and perfect for advancement in Krishna consciousness. Just like we know, we only have to serve Krishna. We're not going to any demigod or this or that. So the same idea, we simply follow what Prabhupada has given us. Prabhupada is the representative of Krishna, who is the founder Acharya of the golden age of Krishna consciousness in this Kali Yuga. So whatever he's given us is complete and perfect for making advancement in Krishna consciousness. Krishna has empowered him to teach us what we need to know about Krishna. So he has given us all instructions in the philosophy and practice of Krishna consciousness. So we don't need to go to any external source. We don't need to consult dozens of kami books about how to organize our temples and organize our lives. Because Prabhupada has told us everything. Of course, in management matters, we may have to consult some books of law or accounts according to the government system. But we don't need to introduce all so-called sophisticated ideas of corporate management. This is our disease. We want to make everything very complex. Temple of Krishna consciousness means we all live together, chant Hare Krishna, dance and be happy. And we engage in various services to satisfy Krishna. We don't need very complex management structures. We don't want such things. This is simply uh, causing headaches. Materialistic people become very fascinated by drawing charts with all lines going here and there and somewhere else. I came to a temple recently and I asked where the devotees were and I was told there was a meeting of department heads, chef, to, chef of department. There are only six devotees in the temple. So <laughs> this is ridiculous. Krishna consciousness is very simple. Krishna is the Supreme Lord. We simply depend on Him. Prabhupada is His most exalted pure devotee and we depend on Him also. And we chant Hare Krishna. And we're happy, because that's what Prabhupada said to do. Chant Hare Krishna and be happy. Not chant Hare Krishna and be unhappy. That's not allowed. So better not to fill up our heads with so many complex things. We have the idea to fill up our heads with so many things. Fill it up with philosophy, Bhagavad Gita. That's also not very complex. Of course, there may be so many details, just like we have here six points of surrender. But basically, Krishna consciousness is very, very simple. That, we are not these bodies. We're eternal spirit soul. Great news. They should publish it in all the newspapers. All the newspapers, they have bombs, wars, earthquakes, political upheavals. This is the news. So we should print this news. My dear citizens, good news for you. You are not that body. You are not that stinking bag of bones. You don't have to spend all your zlotties on lipstick and makeup because you're not that body. You're eternal spirit soul. You're never going to die. You're the eternal servant of Krishna. Krishna is the Supreme Personality of Godhead. He's our protector, our friend, and this human form of life is an opportunity to understand Him. So Krishna consciousness is very, very simple. Just cultivating this spirit of surrender to Krishna, which is further explained as Atma Nikshepa Karpanya. Atma Nikshepa means to dedicate ourselves with body, mind, and words in the service of Krishna. And Karpanya means this uh, humility. 
maintaining the mood of humility. Uh, in the material world, everyone is puffed up, but this specific center of a devotee, he thinks, I'm the very insignificant servant of Krishna. So this is the surrendering process. Sharanagati means that we want to surrender to Krishna. And a devotee who is serious about Krishna consciousness does surrender to Krishna. But Sharanagati means this surrendering process. means it may be a gradual process. Certainly anyone who agrees to follow these four regular principles, chant 16 rounds of Hare Krishna Maha Mantra, just even to agree to do that much, that means there's a big step of surrender has been taken. So just to come to this point, that's a, there are still many steps to take until we reach the final point of surrender to Krishna. So it's a process. It's a, it's a process of cultivating the mood of surrender. It's not that it just happens in a flash, that one day you wake up and all of a sudden, boom, you're Krishna conscious. But it's a gradual process of surrender. This is described also by Rupa Goswami Prabhupada in Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu. Anyabhilashita shunyam jnana Anukulina Krishna Nushilanam Bhakti Rutama. The topmost level of devotion or the topmost kind of devotion is that which is free from all personal material desires. Even if someone is not uh, in the highest stand of devotion, but if he's practicing like that, how he can be free from all personal desires, then he is Uttam Bhakta. He is in the topmost he's practicing the topmost kind of devotion. Personal desires, they are classified as those for gross bodily sensual gratification and intellectual gratification. So all these are to be given up. And anukul yasya, um, sorry, uh, what is that? Gyanakamari, anukul yasya, krishnanish, the same word. One should favorably cultivate Krishna consciousness. Anukul yena krishnanushilanam. Krishna anushilanam means. Cultivation, it's a very good word. Just like in a field, you cultivate plants. It takes a little time, and there's a specific process to be followed. Certain things have to be done. Water has to be put, not too much, not too little. Weeds have to be taken out. Fertilizer has to be added. To This will help the plant to grow very healthily. And also, depending on the grace of God, generally you find all over the world, farmers believe in God. You won't find many farmers who are atheists. Because they they see how they're dependent on nature. If there's too much rain, not enough rain, too much sun, not enough sun, the crops won't grow properly. They may just be spoiled. I've seen so many times in Bengal, the crop, usually rice crop, they're growing, 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 and just when it's fit to be harvested, the cyclone comes and spoils it all. So this cultivating devotional service, with the mood, let me be a pure devotee of Krishna. Let me try for that. This is the mood of surrender. And by cultivating this mood and going on and on and on and on, forward, 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 we eventually come to the point of total surrender to Krishna. So we should look at ourselves also introspectively and see, are we making advancement in devotional service? Are we increasing our love for Krishna? Are we becoming free from material desires? Are we becoming more surrendered? Are we chanting the holy names with more attention, more attachment? Are we becoming free from desires for false prestige? Are we becoming free from false ego? In this way, we should examine constantly. It's like an, another example we can give is just like driving a car, that we have to constantly adjust, constantly adjust the steering wheel as we're going forward, so that we're going on the right course. Otherwise, the tendency is to go off course. So, we want to keep on course, back home, back to Godhead. So, we hope to see everyone very soon, back to Godhead. Don't get left behind. Many times you see devotees, they get on the bus going back to Godhead, but they get off at the wrong stop. 
Hmm, looks like there's something to enjoy here. Well, this bus is a little crowded. Maybe I'll get off and get on another one. Stay. Don't go away. Prabhupada said that if you just stay in this movement, chant 16 rounds a day without fail, follow the four regulated principles, you will surely go back home back to God. So let's do it. Chant 16 rounds of the Hare Krishna Maha Mantra. That means chanting, not simply making some kind of sound, but chanting the names of Krishna, praying to Krishna. What is the mood of chanting? Ayinanda Tanuja Kinkarang Patitang Mang Vishame Bhavam Mudho Kripayatava Padapankaja Stitadhuli Sadrashani Vichinta My dear Krishna, I'm your eternal servitor. Yet I'm such a fool and a rascal that I left the shelter of your lotus feet. Now I'm suffering life after life in this material world. Please pick me up and place me back again in the dust of your lotus feet. So this is the mood in which we are chanting to Krishna, just like a child calls out for the mother. So this kind of chanting will help us become very quickly fully Krishna conscious, positively cultivating the mood of surrender to Krishna. So surrender to Krishna, this is our only aim and object. Due to the swirling waves of material nature, sometimes we forget that, but our only purpose is to develop our love for Krishna. So we should discuss these things regularly. This is keeping the steering wheel in the right position. Hare Krishna. Any question, please? You said that we should avoid this intellectual self-gratification. And what does it mean? Intellectual sense gratification means to take pleasure on the mental platform. means studying so many useless theories, mentally speculating. Using the mind that is that is required in Krishna consciousness. We're not robots. That means you. That means using our God-given intelligence to understand the philosophy of Krishna consciousness in detail, and using our intelligence to uh, applying our intelligence in Krishna's service to get things done in Krishna's service. But intellectual sense gratification means filling our head with so many different theories which have got nothing to do with Krishna consciousness. It, it means accepting other concepts, other, it means accepting philosophical worldviews that are opposed to Krishna consciousness. <coughs> Any other question? Mm. So, while chanting, that there is some mechanical process which can help us to concentrate. Prabhupada recommended chant loudly. If you can't chant loudly, what do you mean if you have a sore throat? Just chant as loud as you can. There's <laughs> <laughs> a question? In a Sankirtan run, when one devotee wants to chant loud and the other one cannot you know, hear his sounds, and for example, when it's winter and they can go out. Yeah, therefore, sometimes we have exchanges of ras between devotees. That I was saying that exactly, I was saying in the lecture, exactly what to do in every situation, you have to see, you have to use your intelligence. Just like Arjuna was perplexed whether to fight or not. So Arjuna, he consulted Krishna. So if you have any problem which you can't sort out by yourself, you can ask your Sankirtan leader, who may make some compromise, put a bucket over your head or something. <laughs> I saw a photo of Sahodra Swami with a bucket over his head. <laughs> he denies it's him, but I'm sure it is. <laughs> but he says you can't, it can't be upheld 
in a court of law because you can't see who it is because you can't see their head. Any other question? Because uh, you said that uh, in any circumstances, even if it's very hard, you should depend fully on uh, Krishna. And she asked if you could uh, give your personal uh, uh, evidence or experience you had that was very difficult for you and Krishna had. Well, there are so, there are so many... Uh, why mine? I mean, the whole Bhagavatam is filled of stories of Pallad Maharaj, Dhruva Maharaj, the Pandavas, Kunti Devi. We see Srila uh, Prabhupada, we read in Srila Prabhupada, Lilamrita Prabhupada went through so many difficulties to spread Krishna consciousness. And we all have experiences, maybe not in the same degree as Pralad Maharaj and Prabhupada, but this is a practical thing. It's not just some theoretical thing we're talking about, but we all go through difficulties. It's like our mind be, may become very disturbed if we're in a Sankirtan van and we're trying to chant and we can't hear because the person next to us is chanting too loud for us to hear. So in such a circumstance, instead of getting on the false ego platform, we, th- we think cool-headedly, now what does Krishna want me to do? What does my guru want me to do? What does Prabhupada want me to do? So we all have such experiences. Maybe you can tell me yours. Yeah, isn't it a fact? Every devotee. It's not just a theory, it's a fact that we're living. It's good for devotees to take on difficulties in their lives. It helps us to surrender to Krishna more and more. If we keep our devotional practices strong, if we chant regularly, study Prabhupada's books regularly, hear the classes regularly, associate with devotees, then when difficulties come, we'll be able to see Krishna in those difficulties and turn to Krishna for help. And Krishna will help us. He may put us through severe tests, but he'll help us. And this helps us to advance more and more in Krishna consciousness as our faith becomes stronger and stronger. But but if we're not strong in our practices of Krishna consciousness, then when difficulties come, we simply become overwhelmed by maya. Mm. There's another question. You said that we should, uh, uh, if it's possible, consult uh, our spiritual master about if we have some problem, but mm. not always we can do it. So how we can become uh, an expert in order to... Right. Not always we can do it because of lack of physical proximity. We may not want to disturb him also with every little problem we have. So, one thing is to develop our intelligence in Krishna consciousness. Because all the time we have to make decisions. Life is full of decisions. Should I eat one extra plate of halva or not? Well, it seems like a good idea. But on the other hand, I have to go on Sankirtan and my stomach's already painful because I ate so much. So you have to make a decision, to do or not to do, that is the question. So it's a matter of intelligence, mind over belly. So our own intelligence is one thing. And also the spiritual master may not be personally present, but his representatives are there. It means all the devotees, they are representing the parampara. So we can consult other devotees, especially more mature, experienced devotees. But if we do have some particular problem which is particularly disturbing our mind, if it's becoming a real obstacle in our devotional life, then we should certainly consult our spiritual master. We, we shouldn't just allow ourselves to go down, down, down. Because that's why we have a spiritual master. That's why we accept a spiritual master, to guide us out of the darkness of ignorance, to take his help to advance in Krishna consciousness. Okay, any question? If you're doing chanting, if you have some Krishna conscious thoughts, you can think of it, or you should come Chanting and hearing. Chanting and hearing. All right, last question. You also spoke about that Krishna gives, uh, makes tests for his devotees, so what is the purpose of this test? Well, that I also explained that when there are difficulties and we face them in the proper way, then we become stronger. Just like a, a wrestler, he practices 
fighting, to become strong. Without practicing fighting all the time, then he'll become weak and unfit. So the test is at the time of death. It's the whole life is heading towards that test. Sadhan karab, bhajan karab, mate jante hoy. All our practices in Krishna consciousness, they'll be tested at the time of death. So all these tests are to prepare us for that test. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Srimad Bhagavad Gita as it is, keep. Jai. Srila Prabhupada.